0: Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And welcome once again, everybody, to the Propreneur Podcast. Excited to have you here for another amazing episode where we get to interview some awesome people who are movers and shakers inside of our practice industry. And number one, we always want to bring you the best practices possible. Today, we have a very special episode because we have Two, typically, you know, we have either our experts, or professionals that are talking to us, either our professionals who are actually in the business, in the practice, actually doing the work and getting their ideas and their concepts and how they've actually made it work successfully for them. Or we have our experts who are talking about a product or a professional service that they've created for those professionals. Well, today we have a little bit of both because we have both. Dr. Clark Stevens on board with us, which I'm super excited about, and uh, you know, I guess you can call him his Robin Davin Bickford there. so welcome you guys to the show.
1: Hi, uh, hey, Dino, thanks for having us.
0: Hey, I'm thrilled to have you guys. So we've actually never known thought
2: each other. of myself as Batman. I have thought of myself as Superman, but
0: uh, so he's your lowest lane is what you're saying. More So uh, we've actually known each other for quite a while. I've been able to watch uh, what's been going on with Wild Smiles, which is something we're going to talk about today for sure. And it's just an honor to have you guys on the show. I was shocked. I was talking to Davin a couple of weeks ago. We've never had you on the show, so I'm thrilled to finally have you on the show. Thank you for being here again.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're glad to be here.
0: So we start off every episode with finding out what people's stories is. I believe stories connect everyone, all of us together, we all have a story. And so I know we got two of you. um, But I would love to hear both of your stories. Uh, Number one, doctor, how you got into actually being an orthodontist, what was the path? Why did you choose that path? And then definitely wild smiles and how that came about. And then Davin, how you got involved in all of this craziness, which is in the orthodontic world uh, with Dr. Stevens.
2: Well, I got uh, started in um, orthodontics or just pursuing dentistry because of really, my dad suggested it. Um, One of the things I did when I was a kid, uh, that we always went to dinner at the same restaurant, and there was a floor shop next door. And so um, the floor shop had this copper fountain in it, the water trickled from the top down a little trough around. And so I was was, uh, 12 years old. And I told my dad, I thought that was really cool. And I could make one. And, um, cause I had been a, I'm a rummager. I was, always like to get on my bike with my best friend and we go through trash cans at, at gas stations and stuff like that. And I bring home junk. And anyway, so my dad said, I'll buy you this copper and these, this stuff, and then you can, you can make one of these fountains. And so I did, I spent all summer making that fountain. And then one of my mom's friends was an artist. And she said, I think you could sell that if you put it in an art gallery. And so I did. And I sold it the first week. And I thought, wow, this is sweet. So anyway, I I was doing that at the time I was going through high school. I made enough money to buy myself a Corvette doing that. And then um, so I thought I might want to be an architect. And we went to Chicago to look at the Chicago Institute and stuff like that. And then I went to a a, um, thing at high school that was about uh, career day. And then so the architects came in and they were talking about the career and they said, well, you you go to architecture school, then you're an apprentice for a while. And then you finally become an architect and the average income is X. And I thought, oh, wow, that's a lot of work for X. Yeah. I don't think I want to do that. So my dad, he was a lawyer, but he had thought about dental school. He said, well, how about dental school? You're good with that stuff with your hands. And so I'd had braces and I thought, yeah, why don't I try to do that? So that's how I got on that path. And, I got into dental school. I hated dental school. I hated the idea of fixing somebody's teeth. I told my dad, if I don't get to be an orthodontist, I'll be a bartender or something else. So <laughs> I, I, I did luckily get into to orthodontics, and I went to North Carolina for that, and uh, I really enjoyed that pursuit, and um, it was really a great time because one of the things Dr. Profit did, we, he sat us down the first day and said, we're not going to grade you. I know you're all smart enough to be here. And so there's no competition, just learn as much as you can. And for some reason that really motivated me. So I did better there than I had done before. So I like that. And then um, I don't know when I got out and came back to Nebraska to practice, I started the dental facial program at Nebraska because they weren't really doing many surgical cases in Nebraska at the time. And then I, I always like to be creative. I got to have something going on. If I'm not building a new office or remodeling my house or doing something, I have to think of something. And one day a little girl came into my practice and uh, she had this little heart shaped necklace on that was about the size of a bracket. And uh, she was nine years old. And I looked at that bracket. And I thought uh, that, that that necklace, I thought that could be an orthodontic bracket. So I asked her, what do you think if we made a heart-shaped bracket instead of that square thing that's on your tooth? And she said, oh, wow, that'd be cool or something like that. So then I I thought, well, I'm going to try that. I had tried a a patent on another product before. I got the patent and it was like, it was was an automatic doorbell where you'd ring the doorbell and then you could pick up your phone and answer it. So it was kind of, I never really got it uh, marketed, but I, I knew the process of getting... Uh, a patent. So I started down the patent journey, got the patents, and uh, I thought I had the best idea in the world, and I went to Ormco and Unitech, and they said, oh, we have too many brackets now. There's too many prescriptions. <laughs> we need to do it. Yeah, so,
0: we need another bracket. <laughs> yeah, so
2: I thought, okay, maybe I could figure out how to do this myself, and my brother was an engineer, at an engineering firm of 90 engineers, and so I thought, they had a room that was full at the time of books of manufacturers across the country and so I went up to their library and I started looking through these books and I finally found a couple orthodontic manufacturers I mean because orthodontic manufacturers don't tell you who they use at the time you couldn't figure it out so I uh I combed through these books. I found some people in California, and actually, we still use one of these guys today because he's really very helpful. But that's how I got onto the
0: wow
2: days—the wild, smell stage—from
0: building uh, copper fountains to you know designing a heart bracket out of somebody's little necklace. So I'm going to go back to those school. Like, was the because you have that creative side to you? Was that what? Connected you to the ortho side of things. You could be creative and the, the artist. Yeah. You-
2: yes, I think that was it. Because um, their dental school at Nebraska, at least, didn't um, uh, encourage me to be creative with general dentistry. It was kind of a repair job. To sure. in, you fix the tooth. I didn't see the whole mouth as po- possibly a, something I could create a new thing with. But when I got to orthodontics, it was a whole different thing because you're you're taking a problem and you're fixing it. And you're not just fixing the problem like with a broken down tooth, but actually you're creating something new. And then I I really I love the surgical aspect of of the orthodontic uh, patients because then that is really changing people's lives and doing something different. One funny thing is I my parents were older. My dad was 50 when I was born my mom was 40. Wow. So they were older parents. I had an older brother, 10 years older. And I think a lot of times kids of older parents aren't so engaged with kids their own age. They they're really comfortable around adults. So I was always really comfortable around adults, but I was kind of shy around people my own age. And I did not change that until I went to orthodontics. And um, I read a book. my second year of How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I realized, oh, I'm actually an extrovert. I had no idea I was an extrovert. So that totally changed my life too. So all that stuff went together to make it um, a lot more orthodontic fun experience for me.
0: Oh, that's cool. I love hearing people's stories and hearing how they connect their childhood to what they do. Typically, when I'm talking to especially doctors, there's usually a couple paths that you see almost repeated, like Dad was an orthodontist or a dentist. So I went into the industry too. Uh, I had a tragic incident or accident where somebody really helped me orthodontically. So I I decided to go into that or um, I had no idea what I was doing and it just kind of fell into my lap and I just decided, sure, I'll do that. Uh, So those are the three. This is very unique and interesting where you really see the artistic Clark you know, as a kid and then bringing that into your world. And even now with wild smiles that our artistry is there too. Yeah. But I want to leave you on the, on the back burner there. So tell us quickly your story about like how you got into this space and how you guys connected together.
1: Yeah. Well, so um, I, you know, I connected with Clark when I was in college mm. and so it's kind of an outside of the box uh, story as well, because you know, so I'm an economics and real estate degree. And um, I was all lined up to go into a couple of different industries. And then um, my junior year, uh, I was out in Washington, D.C. with a group of students that were part of this weekend long leadership development conference, completely unrelated to dentistry. And, uh, Clark was my small group leader. And so it's like, you know, 15 to 20 college kids and a couple of adult leaders from all over the country. And, uh, we just, we just connected and, and hit it off. The, our personalities were similar. We, we, uh, thought about things similarly and, and just really enjoyed, um, connecting, um, around the, the things that we, uh, both had interest in. Um, And then so that weekend was there. And then uh, we kind of went our separate ways. And about a month later, I found myself in Nebraska for something completely unrelated to dentistry again uh, and uh, for a Big 12 student leadership conference. And I thought the only guy I know in Nebraska is this is this guy I met a couple of weeks ago. And so I called him up. And and, you know, then after that, I would say that's when we just kind of started connecting regularly and keeping in touch. And then, um, as I got into my senior year, he said, Hey, I've got this thing going. Uh, it's, it's a new bracket company and I'm looking for somebody to, to kind of help me, uh, get it off the ground and get it started. And, um, would you be interested? And, you know, I was like, well, I'd be interested, but you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just graduating college. And, you know, what, what, you know, what does that look like? And he said, well, it's great. Cause I, you know, I, I'm really looking for somebody who's going to think about things differently because it's a different kind of product um, who's going to really not bring any preconceived um, ideas about how orthodontics is or what the bracket is. And so, uh, so I came up for an interview and, um, you know, got offered the job and, uh, that was, you know, 15 years ago. And it's been
0: a roller coaster ever since. Wow, that's amazing. I love that uh, the idea of looking for somebody who's not from the industry to give fresh eyes, to give new perspective. I think too often, no matter what the industry is, we get stuck in our old old routines and, oh, we can't do it that way because it's the way it's always been. Uh, We're seeing that right now, I think, in in the world of having to rethink the way that we look at business with a lot of... Uh, of the workforce that doesn't want to come back to an actual uh, office, right? They want to work from home or remote. And we're seeing that in our industry where it's hard to find people uh, to actually come into the office and want to work. And so how do we shift that? So I think it was really a wise thing uh, of you to do, Clark, is like, let me get somebody who's not so uh, rooted in the old traditions or whatever and look at this a little differently. How's that? How's that served you both of you with that new eyes, and how's that been a, a challenge?
2: <laughs> well, um, you know, I think it's uh, it has been challenging at times. Um, uh, in that, um, I think the the initial startup is is hard for somebody that doesn't understand dentistry or orthodontics. I mean, it, the great thing is that he had been a patient in orthodontic office, and the orthodontist was a cool guy. So that um that was that was good so he kind of understood that sort of vibe to it so i think but you know orthodontics is a really quirky career career choice i mean to find i mean we're all pretty independent we're all a little bit different we're all um times can be difficult i think like today i think my staff loved and hated me all the way around i did things you know just cuz you know you just keep the way patients come in, you got to make quick decisions and move through stuff, and sometimes emotions get get trampled on. So I think, if anything, that's been the hardest thing. Is if we we pretty much agree on things and that and on on just about everything we do, and um, we don't really have too much struggle there. But if if one of us happens to be short to the other one, it's just a personal thing that's hard. You know, it's it's just a relationship thing.
1: I like got married. Um,
2: yeah. So, but finding, uh, finding somebody that to think out of the box, Davin certainly is that guy and he pursues uh, studying things, um, reading different books and things that, that bring something different to the table than I see every day. Cause as I'm, you know, bending wires.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, so I think one of the biggest challenges is that we were creating something that, that had never been done before. Right. We were, we weren't just, adding a new bracket with a different prescription or whatever. We were, you know, we were recreating the way that people and consumers think about braces. Right. And honestly recreating the way that uh, doctors and their team interact with the braces experience. And so um, that's no small task. And um, I think that, you know, there's just challenges inherent in doing something new from the ground up that's not just adding another product line. Um, and then, you know, the learning curve, uh, Clark was a great a great teacher and uh, in terms of the orthodontic side of things, but really the problem that we were solving wasn't an orthodontic problem. We weren't, our brackets are the same as any other bracket. They work just like a mini twin bracket or, or can be used with all kinds of different brackets. But the problem we're solving is a patient experience right. problem. And so um, how how to address that properly took some time, uh, some iterations, always learning, always, um, you know, getting feedback from the customers that we that we have and the practices that we work with and, and making sure that we're being responsive, uh, but also bringing them something new.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, well, um,
0: so and that, I- that also is not only solving a problem of I know we've talked about this before of decommoditizing the actual braces experience, right? Now, know the first time I ever saw Wild Smiles years ago it was like, oh, that's really smart because now you're personalizing something. You're making an emotional, even more of an emotional connection. You know, nobody ever buys anything logically or what they actually need. They buy what they want. And so here to be able to give of the sea of, well, I guess not really a sea. Now there's a lot of other opportunities, right? There's Lightforce and Embrace and all these other companies. But when you're a kid sitting there looking at how do I want my braces to look and see, to be able to see something else, a different way that gives me an emotional connection to, you know, my football team or Disney or whatever it is, which we'll talk about. It decommoditizes the situation as opposed to, and and makes you stand out as opposed to just being the same thing everybody else is going to give you.
1: Right. I mean, that's, we talk, I mean, we talk about this all the time that, that, you know, what we bring to the table is something that's very easy for kids to understand and for parents to understand. I can have braces with a design on them that that is a style that I can connect with. And that is so simple, but um, extremely profound in the experience from the consumer standpoint. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, all the options out there, are really fun for orthodontists to look at and think about. uh, But the consumer doesn't really have the ability to properly evaluate all the benefits. That's right. But they certainly can look at a star bracket or a heart bracket and say, Oh, I can get braces with a shape on it.
2: The thing about about Davin is, is that um, he, from the outset was very passionate about wild smiles. He totally got it from the patient point of view. And and we'd go to trade shows and we'd meet an orthodontist to who, whose kid might want wild smiles, but he just didn't connect the same way with it. Orthodontists don't connect the same way initially about it. The the guys that you know the guys that guys and gals that come by and see it and and love the concept, they they go forward and they do well in their practice because they realize that. Patients like it is something patients understand. They don't right. understand all, all the other kinds of products. And um, so that's what's really been good about Davin being on board is because and the, and sometimes when the questions came like, oh, I had an orthodontist ask me this and it's totally unrelated. But it's they they sometimes an orthodontist will ask an unrelated question just because they don't understand it. Sure. And so. It, that was the learning thing I think that would benefit Davin to, to be connected to me because then he I could bounce off of that question and then he could go back to the doctor about it because you know we're set up with a bunch of questions that aren't related to just the fashion or the choice and stuff like that.
0: Well I think what you've done is you create this scenario where um, you're right not too many doctors go in in my experience anyway and try to in a very short period of time, explain orthodontics to people who, who don't care. They want to know, can you straighten my teeth? Can you, can you get the job done? And they want to know uh, how you can give them what they want. Now, being able to show people there's a difference between just getting regular braces and being able to personalize this. It's a really powerful concept. Matter of fact, I know, Davin, you're probably familiar with this, but with uh, Robert Cialdini's stuff where he talks about when you're influencing someone, right, to give them something that's personalized, unexpected, and that helps people feel really connected with you and influence on them. To be a doctor and be able to say, hey, check it out. I saw that you're a huge Disney fan. Let me show you. I can actually put Mickey Mouse on your teeth so all the other kids will see that you've got Mickey on your teeth, right? That's that's personalized. That's unexpected. That's just not the regular break. And by the way, when people go in to, to explain things, like, well, let me tell you how a demon bracket works, or let me show you how this works, like, no one cares. But if you say, hey, I got a Mickey uh, a bracket, or I've got a you know University of Alabama bracket, and you can see they're a big football fan. Wow, that's that's what they care about. So that's why I think it's brilliant. Wow. So let me ask you, in 15 years of doing this together, uh, which I think is awesome that you've kind of had this, this growth for so long, and, and Devin, I mean, talk about loyalty to a product. You hear in this industry so many people switching from different companies, different companies, you know, the wind blows a certain way, I got to get out and go somewhere else. In 15 years of working in this bracket, what do you feel has been your like, greatest success for the company and seeing this evolve?
1: well um you know the the greatest success there's a lot of things that i could probably point to but i think for me it has to be when when we go into a practice and they and we see it working Mm. we see the kid in the chair picking their braces and really enjoying their experience. That's for me. Where like you know, you're in here, you're in your office, you're 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 talking to doctors, you're you're thinking about the new things that you could do to bring to the practice. But then you actually go into a practice and you see it working. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's that's a great thing, uh, Doctor Steven. Yeah, might have mine, mine is
2: similar to that. I, I know that the first. You know, maybe the first AO went to and we introduced them, and we started selling them. Uh, Then there was another one in New Orleans after that. And this was just before Davin came on board. Um, Just that. And um, anyway, there was a dental assistant that came up and she said, hey, I have wild smells on my teeth. And that was the first time I actually saw somebody. Outside of Omaha, outside of my office, and I thought, oh, "Wow, this is fantastic! That's great." It's so beautiful. that that's one. And then there was another one, and uh, a little girl. That, her birthday is on Valentine's Day, and she I happened to be in the front office, and stairs come up to my front office, and she was just running up the steps in front of her mom because she was getting her braces on Valentine's Day, and she was getting hearts. She was so excited about it, and that was like that's you know that that is like 15 years ago. And I just saw her two months ago for a new wow. retainer. It's very funny. She just wow. loved it. So similar. That's awesome.
0: So uh, that's great. I love hearing those, those successes and that feeling of really uh, connecting with people, making a difference in their life. Where's been your biggest challenges?
2: Um, well, I'll go with that. There's been a couple <laughs> things that have been Been big challenges. One is um, we've had some manufacturing glitches where you know the industry's changed, and um, I know that uh, there's been some companies buying and selling, so we've had to change manufacturers Mm -hmm. ways that we've done that. So that's been challenging because you you get it all built out for certain casting regimen. And then all of a sudden, Hey, we need it. It won't fit in our machine. We need another kind of deal. So there's been some unplanned expenditures that way. Mm -hmm. And then I think um, another thing that was, well, I'm going to speak briefly for Dav and I promised him I wouldn't do that, but I know that I had been working on this Disney uh, bracket. So I got, I got the patent on the bracket, but I realized that I couldn't actually make a Mickey bracket unless mickey said okay right. so that was a process of about two and a half or three years and whenever i talked to Davin about it, he says i don't want to know anything about until it, it happens <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was just a difficult time so anyway well
1: yeah
0: well, yeah when you're dealing, when you're dealing with the big behemoth like disney right it's it's, it's it doesn't happen overnight no, and no. i mean that just shows really kudos to you even for that the push, the perseverance to actually get that through yeah. on there. What do you think that Davin has been some of the biggest challenges? It kind of goes back
1: for me to the the piece of we're creating something new, and so you know whenever I first heard about it, um, and and was talking to Clark about coming on board, you know, it was a no brainer for me. Right, I, I saw how this would integrate into a practice or at least uh, be accepted by the consumer. Um, but then, you know, uh, kind of, you know, young and stupid kind of a thing and just <laughs> got into it and then like, oh, wait, we're actually running a business here. And it, there are going to be people that actually have legitimate questions and you're going to have to answer them and help them understand what the benefit to them is. And so that has, especially early on, that was a, a, a huge challenge that for me at times felt insurmountable because we're, you know, we are like go introducing something new to the market and, and how do you help people get to where you are Mm -hmm. in terms of understanding or, or seeing the value. And so, um, you know, those, those have been the challenges, educational challenges. Um, but I think that's inherent in any new product and, just kind of understanding that and coming to grips with that and really seeing that we're here to add value and we're here to help doctors add value to their practice and, and really helping them see how we can help them in that way.
0: So then walk me through this, walk me through. I'm a orthodontist and I've met you with wild smiles. Like what are those major benefits for me to be able to incorporate and, and, and what's the challenge of it? Like, is is there a, is it an easy integration? Is it something special I have to learn? Like, how do I walk, walk me through this?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think the biggest challenge to implementing wild smiles from an orthodontic or, or, a, or a practice perspective is, is that it's something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that any time a practice offers anything new or brings anything new in, you um, that can be a disruptor for the practice and, and a lot of practices, you know, uh, that, that's something that they have to figure out how to work with. And so, um, what that looks like from us is, um, you know, we make all the brackets and this is Dr. Stevens design, and he can talk more about the clinical side of it, but we make all the brackets and prescriptions and slot sizes that doctors already use. So they just tell us what they want and we ship them a bracket with their prescription and slot size, with the designer pads. So that is a huge hurdle right there. But then we come alongside the practice and actually support them with not only the bracket, but marketing support, utilizing the Disney brand, utilizing our brand. And we then train them on how to integrate that. So we actually go into the practice and say, hey, you're not out here on an island by yourself trying to figure this out. Yeah. We've been doing this for fifteen years. We've been taking notes, we've been listening to the feedback, and now we have a, a proven implementation program that we can basically guarantee your success with this and and so that's fun because we make it a fun thing and we make it an experience. Yeah. and um, and we make it easy and we take all the challenges that we've seen over the years and we provide answers, right? right off the bat. So that's that's how we come alongside a practice on the clinical side or anything else I.
0: Well, let me uh, tap into that real fast because I think that's yeah. really brilliant that you and I, I could see where a lot of people could see wild smiles or see it as a product and go, okay, that's cool. Now, just one more thing for my office to have to figure out how to sell this and promote it and talk about it and not really understanding the, uh, the way that it really separates you from everyone else out there. First of all, the fact that you have that support and you already have the marketing pieces Let's take Disney out of it for just a moment, but just marketing in general on how do you market this thing and not make it. And I'm sure you guys have heard this word before, and I apologize, but not make it gimmicky. Right. Make it like an, a value add to what we do. Then you add the Disney power behind it. And when you're talking to these kids in phase one, these kids who you know are already maybe a little shy or Let's just do two sides. They could be shy and how this can actually help them like be more excited and proud of their braces because they got braces on or on the other side of maybe they see all their friends getting it too. So they're like, Oh, just one of many, but now they're different. They're special. They're unique because they've got this other type of bracket, especially if it's a Disney type situation. So really, really smart way to be able to see how you can, uh, a really smart, I would say, ad for you to, Give that to them and take the guesswork out of it because you've seen it in so many other practices. And by the way, this is what the big brands do, right? You, took, you take somebody like a Smile Direct Club or a Candid. What are they doing right now? They're trying to get celebrity endorsements. They're trying to get these uh, big uh, influencers out there to try to say, hey, look at us. We're, we got these people who believe in us. If these companies can say, hey, look at us, we got Disney to believe in us. like That's huge. And I, I see it as a marketing concept or perspective, as well as I think you do too, Davin.
2: Yeah. One of the things that uh, Disney, uh, when we started working with them, when I started meeting with them, one of the things, that, and I went out to Burbank to their headquarters and really their marketing headquarters, which is, is sort of funny in its own right, because they have a Disney store on the property that only Disney people can go to. People mm-hmm. that work there love Disney so much, they have the Disney store with all Oh the- yeah. Oh sure, Dad and I both hats from there, but it just cracked me up that
0: they actually had a Disney store there. But talk about people who are really integrated into their culture, right? Like, like uh, right, like exactly. You are going to exactly. not only going to get our like work here, get a paid paid from us, your mortgage is being paid from Disney, but you are going to buy our stuff while you are working for us. Like, what other company really does that? Like, you are going to. It's crazy. It's great.
1: It's a it's great deal.
0: Great. Awesome. But one of
2: the things that they said that they were excited to work with us because it was a positive space Disney could be in in the healthcare industry, and they had they don't wow. like Disney to be in a negative environment at all. They wanted to be in a positive place, so they thought Orthodontics was uniquely placed to be able to to carry the Disney brand. So that's why we're excited about it. And I think we even. Have, after visiting their campus, I have, I feel even more responsibility towards them that, to make it really good for them. Uh, one of the things that also in integrating in an office that I, that Davin did not mention, but has tr- truly happened in my office. And I was watching it today, even um, the, the team, when they kind of get behind it and they talk to patients about it, it's a personal engagement for the, the staff with the patient. Sometimes you'll have a new patient come in and they're getting the braces on and they just they line them up. They got the brackets, put the lip stretchers in. The kid can't talk and they're doing all this. And then when they're but when, when they're getting hearts or something or Mickey, then there's kind of a little bit of chatter about it. And then when I'm putting them on, I joke with them about it or talk to. Them. So I even engage with them in a different way because they're doing this. And that's not something I I mean, it's just I do because it's fun and it is brought for the team more fun in the office just because they it engages with the patient in a different way
0: well what's cool about that is think about it i mean up to that point the conversation is really around are you getting braces or Invisalign or whatever and the only real personality that they get to show off is choosing the color of the the, the ties right like so which color would you like we have all the colors in the rainbow it's like awesome that's cool. And that that be great. You're a big sports fan. So you got your sports teams or you want to do it around Christmas or Halloween or whatever. That's cool. But what a level deeper that is to be able to say, so why did you choose Mickey? Or you're going to have hearts on your teeth for the next X amount of months, right? Like that must really mean something to you. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. You know, to, to circle back to something you said earlier um, about the marketing or the practice kind of being a differentiator. Um, you know, every practice is selling a straight smile, Mm. a great smile when you get out out of treatment. Um, but what really engages people to decide where they're going to go is how you make them feel and what that early on bonding day experience is going to be like. And so if you can say, Hey, we don't just make. Your smile look great at the end, but we make that that experience personalized from the beginning all the way through. That's right. Now that's something that's really special and is something that you know our our practices really enjoy.
0: Yeah, hey, you have a reason to show off your smile from the day you get your braces to the end, right? Like that's <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah.
1: Why uh, wait till you have? your braces off to have a great smile i saw a guy today
2: he is a he's a 65 year old he just turned 65 this past month okay and He has braces on for about a year and he's a grumpy guy he walks in grumpy as dennis made him come he doesn't <laughs> really want to be there and then but he now i asked him once about bitcoin so he went he's gone he's been a little friendlier now but i, I he's always grumpy you know and so today i'm looking at him thinking oh you've got Nebraska Huskers on your teeth. You know, I'd kind of forgotten he'd done that. He would put the red ties on it. I think, wow, that's kind of funny. You know, here's, so now I, I, I figured out he is a pretty nice guy, but he was so grumpy to start with, but he picked the the Husker braces in a losing season. So I don't know. It's a funny thing.
0: Well, that's, that's funny. How often do you get adults who want to get, I mean, I know it's probably geared more towards your younger audience, but, how often do you get adults like that to do that?
2: It's not infrequent. I mean, uh, like uh, I anybody that's, uh, I don't, uh, adult males, probably one out of 50. Okay. That would be that few. But then, and then they just kind of want to stand out a little bit, I think. But then a lot of young females in their 20s pick them.
0: Show it off a little bit,
2: yeah. They show it off, especially the Disney, they're working it, yeah. They like the Disney and stuff. Oh, interesting!
0: So, um, I so Shapewise Disney, I'm obviously you have the Mickey. Is there anything else that you have with that
1: for the bracket line? We have the Mickey iconic Mickey silhouette for the bracket, right? Um, and and that's that's you know, we just launched with Disney last year, and so this is all very new, but with the Disney. We have expanded into uh, elastics. And so we've got the elastic line uh, where the elastics are this, you know, same elastics just in Disney packaging.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. So you say, so so the gorilla, you're getting the, you know, the the Aladdin or whatever it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Aladdin or Mickey or, you know, whatever their favorite uh, Disney character is.
0: Wow. To have the, I mean I, I don't know, I guess I just look at it from a marketing perspective perspective of to have the ability as a business owner to use licensed products like Disney in your advertising in the way that you promote what you do that's that's pretty huge like you're not going to get that as an individual practice by yourself going to go through two and a half years to try to convince somebody to to license with our specific orthodontic uh yeah, You won't
2: be able to get an image of Mickey on your website. And yeah, no way. Using Wells well Yeah, no right.
0: way. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: You know, so I was in a practice this week implementing.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: and, you know, that's part of the, one of my favorite parts of my job, as I kind of mentioned earlier, is when I actually get to go into the practice. So this practice, very large practice you know, over a thousand starts a year, big time, big time practice. And he came up out to me after the implementation and was just talking about how excited he was to offer Wild Smiles in the practice. And he said, because, you know, when you get this big and you're running more like a, you know, more like a business and you have to have systems in place, Yep. there's very few things that you can implement that are really very simple to implement but then make a huge impact yep in your practice and he views wild smiles as as one of those things and um i think that's a testament to really where we're coming alongside and, and providing this you know turnkey implementation training for the entire team and we're making it very simple and so from the doctor's perspective he's re- he or she, in this case, it was a he, isn't really having to do much, much work to get this thing off the ground in the practice. But immediately before we even came in to implement, he had seen the the impact uh, that it had made on his practice.
0: So I think it's yeah. so great. And when you think about it, I mean, I was going with the idea of where you were saying, you know, they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And sometimes as a company grows and you have these bigger offices. The perception from the public can be that, oh, you're more of a corporate dentist or I want to do the mom and pop, the smaller thing. But the benefit of using something like a wild smiles with uh, um, uh, Disney behind it is we can still show, hey, we're giving you that personal experience, but we've got a big brand behind us that really supports us. That's that's powerful. Who is, by the way, your ideal client, both as a practice and then as a? We kind of touched a little bit on the actual patient, but more so on the practice. Who's your ideal client? Like, what are you looking for in the sense of their mindset, the type of practice they run, multiple practices? Is there a specific ideal client you have for that?
1: That's a great question. And, And something that, you know, we've talked, obviously, over the years, we've talked. Extensively about like how do you measure what our ideal client is, and uh, Clark can speak more to this. It, um, but you know, from a mindset perspective, I would say that that is one of the the biggest areas that that really needs to be present in a in a practice that's offering wild smiles um, because. Size of practice, we have every size of practice from, you know, corporate all the way down to, you know, one doctor, one location that's very exclusive with who they see. Um, But one thing that they all have in common is they view that patients should have a choice Mm. and they view that orthodontics should be a unique experience. Mm. And that's something that you really can't measure. I mean, it's hard to measure that. Um, so yeah, what else? What you know, else? one of
2: the other things that I've noticed is that I've had friends that have decided to use Wells models and friends that have said no for a while.
0: And you kept them as friends?
2: Yeah. And I kept them as friends. <laughs> but one thing, one thing I, I, so I was in ortho in the eighties and, you know, I, I'm kind of clumsy with my feet, but I like disco because the beat was so strong. So I kept saying when I was in in ortho, I was going to have a disco ortho office. So I had a jukebox, I have a fun office, neon lights and stuff. It's really cool.
0: Please tell me you have a multicolored squared floor in your office.
2: No, I don't. It's all black and white and primary colors, but I have neon everywhere. But
0: you have
1: multicolored
0: squares on the walls. Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you can have that like in the tour like underneath as they enclose as they walk out. Oh my gosh, i got the, a time for a practice now.
2: Over the chairs are neon lights, the color of the chair. So nice. Uh, a, that's even better. But, but one of the things that I've noticed is the, the ones that have come on board, I would say um, they've come around because they started their practice. They want to be successful. They want to make money. They want to do the systems right. They get all that going. And you know, it's not all fun. It's just a lot of work. And then I think they get to a place in their life and they think or in their practice life, at some of them that have said no before, they want to enjoy their practice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that's the mindset change. I'm gonna to come to a place where I'm gonna let go of some of the, some of this stuff and enjoy it. It sometimes happens when they get a new treatment coordinator or office manager that that gets control of oh, <clears throat> not gonna. Maybe not control, but it opens their eyes to new things. So I think it's comes. It's got to be a doctor that wants to enjoy their practice, not mm-hmm. just make money in it. Not just, not just you know maybe focus on little details of straightening teeth because I you know sometimes you have to take braces off on a patient who's. These look pretty straight. They've been on for two and a half years. They don't wear the rubber bands. You take them off, they look pretty darn good. Better than I, you know, they're not perfect, but they're happy and they leave and they even come back and they look pretty good 10 years later, which is surprises you sometime. But you you really have to get a place where you can't be also uptight. You have to just enjoy your practice.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I I also think that the the mentality from having wanting to enjoy your practice and then also realizing that you know success in an orthodontic practice can be a lagging indicator Mm. and so if you've been in your practice for a long time and you you haven't made any changes and you're doing things the way that you've been doing them for 20 years um you might not feel it right now but in Two, three, five years down the road, you're going to look back and you're going to say, "Hey, where did I need to change something? That because now I don't have the practice that that I that I once had, or that or that I would like to have." Right. And so, um, I mean, wild smiles isn't the end-all, be-all. We're going to fix that, but that's one of those things that you've got to be looking at and saying, "Hey, you know what? Uh, consumers want to know what kind of they want a choice in their treatment, and and this is something that." that I could add to my practice that's a super easy, simple thing that makes a huge impact that will allow me to still enjoy my practice, but also see some benefits of patients still coming in, referring, um, those kinds of things as
0: well. Well, I I like that you make that point. And for those of you that are listening, that didn't quite understand, uh, Davin, you were talking about that lag measure, right? Of like, okay, success is the lag. It's the end result. But the lead measure of how do we get there? Boy, what a differentiator when it's like, how do we get there? Oh, bring in things like wild smiles or whatever the experience is to help us get to that success that we can't really control the end result, but that lead of what we can control, we can control them having a unique experience, having fun in our office, being able to brag about us, by the way, which is a huge other part that we don't have time to get into, but the idea of you're creating little mini um evangelist out there because most kids when they say oh you know where'd you get your braces i don't know doctor so-and-so i think i got a t-shirt they're gonna go and show look what my doc dentist gave me or my orthodontist gave me oh where'd you get those oh the only guy in town who can do it you know that's that's huge so these lead measures to get you to where you go is is really crucial that's really really a smart idea and 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 thought process i love that you're talking about having a, a fun mindset somebody who like wants to enjoy what they do and not just looking at this as just another um way on both sides to spend money and to make money but just to make you you more unique and fun and then create that unique experience that that's really powerful and that's what most people are right now if you look at all the metrics that are out there from all the data from all the big wigs and the big companies It's all about the unique experience. It's not about how good you do what you do and what school you went to, but your unique experience. And that's what you're providing. That's really, really cool. I like it. Well, you guys, we've come to the part of our show where we actually go into our rapid fire questions. Thank you for all the information you've given us about Wild Smiles, about you and sharing your story. And part of the questions is we're going to get to find out a little bit more of how people can engage with you and find out more uh, if they want to. But uh, these are rapid fire questions and rapid answers. And with the two of you, it's going to be a little bit longer, but are you guys ready to play?
2: Let's go. Sure. I'm slow. <laughs> I'm slow the answers.
0: I promise there won't be uh, like uh, heavy math or anything like that. That's fine. Um, all right. So let's uh, find out first. What, is you, what do you think as you go through practices, Davin, and as a doctor, Dr. Stevens, like what do you feel is the most expensive thing that private practice owners are missing in their practice right now?
2: Well, Itero, any kind of scanners are expensive. If they don't have one that's missing in some
1: of them, I think they're very helpful.
0: Okay. Itero scanner. Yep. You know,
1: I, I tend to not be on the clinical side of things okay. uh, in what they I think the most expensive thing that a practice is missing is not looking at the patient, um, from an individual and not providing an experience of any kind. Yep. That's an expensive thing that you're not offering it.
0: I agree. I think it's great. Uh, what's a book that you think every private practice owner should be reading?
1: Well, I've got business made simple by Don Miller. Yeah. Uh, if I don't know if anybody knows Don Miller, but he's uh, got a lot of great books, but Mis- business made simple, uh, is his, is his most recent and it's fantastic.
0: Oh, great.
2: You know, I mentioned before to How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's been the the best book in my life that I've read. It really uh, unleashed me to be better. And actually, uh, Warren Buffett even read that book, and it made a big difference in his life.
0: Yeah, it's a great book and classic. And I have a buddy who reads it once a year, every year, like at the beginning of the year. It's one of those uh, just Every time you read it, you're learning something new or you get sparked again of going, oh, yeah, I forgot I need to be doing that or I mean, simple things, too. Right. It's not like it's overcomplicated it's simple things. And right now we know that the number one uh, uh, kind of trait that so many people are looking for or um, personality uh, skill set, if you will, is emotional intelligence. And that's a book that I believe started it all off with people realizing, oh, I need to really be more emotionally intelligent around how to connect with people. So I love it. Uh, Speaking of books. So in my book, The Practice Rx, I do talk about how culture and team performance is the foundation for growth in any area of your business. What do you see as the biggest challenge? You go into a lot of practices, especially, Davin. uh, You're talking to a lot of doctors, Clark. Like, what do you see as the biggest challenge that private practice owners are facing with their teams and their culture?
1: Well, so many private practices don't focus on culture. Um, you know, uh, I think that just one thing they're missing is is uh, allowing their allowing their team to participate in the culture. Oh, you know, I, I don't I don't know if that's very uh, the best way to say it, but you know, it's 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 very top down, and mm. um, and the team could add tremendous value beyond just working there, um, if they were allowed to.
0: Interesting. I love that. I love that utilizing the human resources that are right there.
1: Right. Yeah. right. If they've been there a long time, they obviously love the practice and just being able to participate. Yeah.
0: What do you think, Clark?
1: Well, I think that culture is
2: certainly important. And I, th- I thought of a word this weekend that I think is maybe better than team. <laughs> and it'd be... Truths, because I think there's been a little bit of change in the culture in that I have two employees chair sides. One can't come until I started my office hours are seven to four. One can't come in till eight thirty, and the other one can't come in until has to leave at two thirty. And they would not work for me if I did not adapt my schedule to theirs. That wasn't true ten years ago. I think, and so I think that's. I think you can have a great culture in your office, and I think you can have dedicated troops that aren't necessarily team players. So, I, in my mind, I was just figuring that yeah. word.
0: Interesting. So we go from staff to team to troops, right? And right now, I think you have a, you're onto something because right now, especially in our world, we do need more adaptability with what we're willing to offer, We're still expecting having expectations from them and how they show up and perform, right? But we have to be a little more flexible that way. I was running into this with a speech I was giving this last week where a lot of doctors, it was to a female ortho group, and they were talking about how, you know, they're trying to be sensitive to the, to the single mom who has a sick child and, and or the, the mom who has, can't drop her kid off at daycare till eight o'clock or whatever. And how do you deal with that? How do you have different rules for different people? And I like that idea of, you know, when you have troops, they all are assigned different tasks and therefore there's everything's going to be fair. It's just not going to be equal.
2: Yeah. They know the same, they know the culture, they know what the goal is and they just are doing it a little bit differently.
0: That's interesting. Ooh, I'm going to dig into that a little bit more. That's a whole nother episode. That's awesome. (laughs) All right. So let's ask me, let's tell people right now, uh, question four is how do people get a hold of you and how can they reach out to find out more about wild smiles and about how you integrate and how it all works and all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, well, so the the best way to do that is uh, on our website, wildsmilesbraces.com. There's a get started form and uh, just to fill out that form and uh, that would put you in touch with us and and one of our folks will will reach out to set up a 15 minute call. Um, And on the call, we kind of go over high level, we learn about the practice Uh, We really want to make sure that we're learning about where what your practice is about so we can add value there and share how we can add value for your practice. And I always tell people, you know, it's uh, it's 15 minutes of your time. And if nothing else, you know, maybe maybe you made a new friend.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's true. Yep. All right. Here's here's an interesting one. This is going to be kind of, again, a knee jerk reaction. But and this is a challenging one. What is the best advice that you've ever received in life or in business in a sentence?
1: Don't take yourself too seriously. Oh, that's a good one.
2: Uh, Well, you know, there's certainly a spiritual side to everybody. So there's my faith in Jesus was a big deal. But outside of that, that's probably the most significant thing in my life. But outside of that was never give up. I think that is the thing that I.
0: That's awesome. Uh, And lastly, what's the best resource or tool that you think every private practice owner should be using to grow their practice right now? Resource or tool. Uh Mm
1: -hmm. I think it will be wild smile. There you
0: go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) People don't talk about their own stuff. No, absolutely. Right. That's a great way to grow your practice uniqueness and. Defines you differently. It's great.
1: Yeah, it's a lot
0: of fun. Any other ones you can think of, Dr. Stevens? Or double down?
2: (laughs) I I think about that one quite a bit. But I also think um, some resources out there. I think one of the things I've always liked, I said to have a fun practice. And I think there's a lot of resources out there for music and video presentations within your office. That are important, and I think the um, I ha- think I have a really nice website, and I think your website really opens the door for people to see who you are. So I think that is something that's really important for for people to feel comfortable with their website, and and then also the just the video musical environment within that and within your office.
0: Yeah, I think it's super uh, important. It- Show shows off who you are, your character, and all that fun stuff. I think, I think it's a great idea. Great. Perfect. Well, you guys, that's been an amazing episode. Thank you for sharing all of this great information with us. I hope you guys had fun. I know I did, and I'm sure our listeners will, too.
2: Okay. Now, there's a little something that I tell my team and not my troops every day is, let's go, Mickey. That's where I'm at right now. Let's
0: go, <laughs> Let's Mickey. go, Mickey. Nice. There go. go yeah, right. Dino, thanks for having us. Yeah, we thanks, had a great Dino. time. Thanks. I'm sure you didn't mean that from the Rocky movies, more of Mickey Mouse, right? Yeah, more <laughs> Mickey Mouse. <videos. laughs> well, thank you so much, you guys. Appreciate it. And for all of those of you that are listening again, first of all, I want to thank you all for tuning in yet again. Second of all, for uh, always being such fans of the show and coming up to me when you meet me at events to say how much you listen to the show and how much you appreciate it. And, you know, our goal always is to bring you the best practices for your practice. And uh, we appreciate that you have shared this podcast with your friends and your colleagues and uh, contributed in any way that you have. Remember, our goal always is to help you be more proactive, productive, and profitable in all areas of your life and business. We'll see you on the next episode, everybody. Thanks so much again for listening to the ProFurner podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at Dino at DinoWatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.